Welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast, a podcast all about inspiring and encouraging dads and anglers as we wade through fishing, parenting, and faith on the fly. And hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 60, Caleb, episode 60 of Dads on the Fly, man. What do you think about that? Oh, man. Awesome. Excited. Uh, still rolling. You're making me do this every week, so I'm just teasing. It, it's great. I love it. I, I love believe you had once said that we needed to do an episode every week. That was your plan? Definitely your call, but I'm I'm on board. I mean, Not you know, I'm the behind-the-scenes guy, so yeah. I just, you come up with the ideas, and I have to try to make them happen, so. Okay, so here we are, episode 60, folks. Tonight is just Caleb and myself. We are not joined by any guests. A little feedback. Uh, got some great in um, DMs and comments on the Tom Rosenbauer episode, Caleb. So that was exciting. Everybody really enjoyed that one. Still kind of crazy we got to talk to Tom. Yeah, still can't believe that that actually happened sometimes. But uh, yeah, super pumped and uh, really, really cool to be a part of that that conversation and uh, excited for some more interesting conversations in the future. But we've had three episodes uh, with interviews over the last three weeks. And so it's time that we kind of catch up on our fly fishing adventures and I uh, wanted to do that tonight. And so before we dive into a little cool story that you're going to tell us um, recently in your fly fishing adventure, I want to give an update on something that we have kind of, kind of drag, drug, drag, drug, drug, drug our feet on a little bit. And it's just because we haven't been, I don't know, I guess we've been crazy busy and just, it's time to move the traveling fly box on to a new home. Yeah, I agree. So tell everybody a little bit more about the Traveling Fly Box. So the Traveling Fly Box was started by our buddy uh, Cameron out of Park City, Utah at Tail Walker's Adventure Company. Yep. Said that correctly, right? And uh, he started this fly box, and he sent it to our buddy Fish Hands Frankie. And Frankie caught some fish on some flies that Cameron tied. And then Frank sent us two flies, and we we caught one. On one of the flies that he tied in the traveling fly box. Yes, we did. We caught we caught some wild browns on his fly. on his elk hair caddis that he sent us, and we had posted some pictures about that. And we tried to catch some fish on his streamer, and I think that's probably what slowed us down a lot. Is uh, he sent us that awesome streamer, but we have we have still been skunked on it. So uh, we got we got some more learning to do on casting that bad boy. But that, um, that's a great point. I think that was probably why the traveling fly box bogged down because we were trying really hard. We were really trying to make it happen, but, but we still are not expert. Any kind of fishers, but definitely not smallmouth. And so uh, <laughs> it took that. us a little while to uh, to get that rolling. So we are going to move on. Um, we're going to move on. Yeah, we're going to keep the fly. traveling fly box going. So uh, next stop is uh, we're going to put a few flies in there, and we're going to send them on to our friends over at Maggie Valley, Maggie Valley Fly Shops. All right. We are sending them to Maggie Valley Fly Shop. And uh, our buddy Shannon, I think, is going to get those. I think Cameron told me he wanted those flies to go to our buddy Landon Henley, uh, head guide of Maggie Valley Fly Shop. So that's the plan. And uh, since we're going to be there this week, we're just going to drop them off. So what are you tying up for the fly box, Caleb? Yeah, man. So I think uh, I think we decided we're going to do two flies apiece. And you're going to stick to well, some of the flies that you know really well. I mean, it's just for my fly, I mean, it would it's just such a we're going to get into our update behind the vice later but yeah not a good thing for me to be tying up probably dry flies for people to be fishing with other than me so i'm going to stick with uh with your go-to's right yeah the go-to simple and i'm going to put a world famous 
green inchworm. Yeah, man. And what can't, I can't beat it in the park. No, so, I mean. and what I like to use around here in the DH water, which is what I like to call the sexy waltz. I like it. The the waltz worm. Yep. Sexy waltz. So That's mine'll good. be very simple. Yeah, and I'm gonna throw a couple draws in there. I'm gonna throw in a uh uh Yellow and orange stimulator. It's a fly that um, I have a lot of success with around here, especially when dries are, are going off and uh, some of the wild water. And then I'm also going to put in a never sink caddis, which is a fly that our good friend Howie Fisher taught me how to tie. Uh, actually did it over an Instagram live one night. And that fly, we're going to get into my recent story here in, in a few moments, but that fly has been money for me and uh money it has been what i've caught a ton of fish on here lately a tan never sink a tan never sink caddis well before you mentioned something that i want so that's the traveling fly box ladies and gentlemen it's going out to uh make its next trip right down the road here in maggie valley but but you said something that we got we got to do again man once we get maybe in the when we slow down maybe in the holidays or something we get some time a couple of people have been asking where we're going to hit up the Instagram live and me and Howie even tried to get one the other night and I didn't have any time. And I'm not sure I have anything that Howie, well, I know Howie can teach me a lot. I'm just not sure I'm able to learn over Instagram. I may need like hands-on learning, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got to do that again so that people can uh, kind of get on and see us some, I, I've thought about doing a series, the, the bad fly tire. I don't think there's one of those out there, you know? Well, probably because nobody would want to watch that, but yeah. Well, you know, people watch a lot of bad <laughs> stuff, you know, like, like how, how I make you feel better about your own experience in fly, time. Flies. Maybe so. Maybe. So, um, do you want to go ahead and do the, yeah, let's do behind, our the vice? behind the vice. And, uh, as always, this segment of our podcast is brought to you by Anadromous Fly Company. Uh, check them out at aflyco.com, Anadromous Fly Company, your sharpest decision in fly tying tools and scissors. I'm going to go first. But tell uh, them again. Oh, aflyco.com, sorry. Check out Dad's 20 at checkout for a big discount there um, from Herb and the guys at Anadromous Fly Company. I'm going to go first, Caleb, because I think your story is going to lead us into the rest of our episode, correct? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, I finally have spent some time down here, man. The other night I tied 10 of the same fly right in a row, which is what I said I need to do, right? Yeah, that's good. I watched our man Howie's um, little video. On uh, how to tie the mop, even though I think my hooks are not real good for them, but but it still was is a working pro- like it's good practice for me. Mm-hmm. And so I will say, over the last week and a half, I have spent more time behind the vice. That's good. It is, but uh, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a grind, man. I feel okay. like I feel like I'm grinding here, and, and I just got to get better. Hey, it's uh, it's it's practice. You know the old adage. I know, but I think, you know, I never hired a guide really to learn how to fly fish. I mean, I did. I, I fished with a guy a couple times. I need a guide for tying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's always good to learn from somebody else. I think, though, the more you the more you watch, the more you look at, and you get better. I mean, at whip finishing flies, you get better at not crowding heads. You get better at doing things. I, I do struggle time. with the head of the hook. That, that's a big. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just kind of part of it. And uh, I think that's something you'll continue to get better at. Um you know, but so I've tied waltz worms. I've tied uh, some uh, mop flies. I've tied some pheasant tails, which actually you can tell you're getting DH ready. You know, yeah, flies. that's what I was trying yeah. to do, and DH even the water. pheasant tails yeah. too. I've yeah. with some hot spots on them, trying mm-hmm. to get those ready, mm-hmm. and those have been good. So yeah, I was trying to get DH ready, and uh, that, that's about all I've been doing. 
That's good, man. Sounds sounds like you've been filling the box up though. That's I, a good. Thing. I'm trying to, but before you have tied, you we went on a little spree there about two weeks ago. Yeah, about three weeks ago, I had a big trip lined up, and uh, so I wanted to prep my box for it. And I told myself I was gonna have. I, I was looking at my fly box, and it, it's my fra- favorite fly box that I use, and it's got like seven rows of a dozen slots for flies in every row and i told myself i was going to fill that up but i was just going to do a dozen of every fly for all 14 rows that's impressive so so that's what i wanted to do and uh yeah i almost got it done i didn't quite get all the nymphs done that i wanted done which was okay because turned out for this trip that i went on i didn't really need them but my dry my dry side of my fly box man it was it was money it was cool i felt like i actually knew what i was doing so yeah so i spent a lot of time tying up some elk hair caddis flies, some of those never sink caddis flies, which are awesome. Um, some stimulators. Uh, learned how to tie some royal wolves, which was a lot of fun. Uh, they were a little bit more taxing, and definitely my first four looked terrible compared to my last eight. Um, spent some time tying some parachute atoms, which are, are still difficult for me at times. But but I kind of got those dialed in finally, I felt like. And uh, so, yeah, just, just the more time I spent behind the vice and, and kind of like our friend told us uh, a long time ago on this podcast, try to spend your time really dying, dialing in one pattern and it really helps you be more successful because I am really bad to tie like three of one thing and then go on to three of something else completely different. And when I do that, I don't think I, I think I, I make more bad habits than I do actually getting better at a specific tie. And so I, I think that's important for me. If I want to actually get good at tying certain flies, I really need to try to dial one pattern in at a time. And I think that's good because I can feel myself occasionally get better at a certain thing. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I like, mean, tying, for case in point for me, tying a parachute post for parachute atoms, that that that's a difficult skill but towards the end of tying that that dozen i felt really confident in it and so i'm hoping when i go back i'll be able to be more confident in them again all right so that is the update from behind the vice and caleb that leads us directly into what you said you were tying for and what you were tying for man was a cool trip that you got to go on so let's just dive in to that right now here in this episode caleb tell everyone this was about a week ago now. You got to set out on a little excursion, and uh, where'd you go, my man? Yeah, man, so I was super blessed. Uh, our church just joined another network of churches, and through joining that network, uh, one of the guys who's doing some coaching for, for our church and helping us think about some of the ways that we do things, uh, he put together a little retreat for executive pastors, associate pastors, kind of the, the stuff that I do uh, at the church that I work at. And it was really funny because he asked our lead pastor, he was like, you know, we're going to be going to just outside of Denver, Colorado in a small town there called Jefferson. It's Southwest of Denver. And he told our lead pastor, Hey, we're going to be going up there to do this. I know Caleb kind of likes fishing. Do you think he'd be interested? And our lead, my lead pastor, Heath, he, without even asking me said, yeah, Caleb's down. Like we'll make it, (laughs) we'll make it a chance for him to go. And so, uh, yeah, so I was in Jefferson, Colorado, um, southwest of Denver for about three nights, four days, three nights. Um, just had a phenomenal time. Two of those days, uh, I got to fish. And so one day was, was fishing some small 
a local stream there. And the second day was fishing. And I think it's okay to name this location, the, the South Platte river there in Colorado, which was just beautiful. And, uh, it was, it was a different thing, man. It was totally right, different than what I'm used to. Let's dive into it. First of all, before we dive, before I dive into some of my questions, I must say, um, the jealousy was pretty hard here. Yeah, I could feel it. Well, well, first, the, the, the beginning was just jealous that you got to go out west and I didn't. And then I got to thinking about it and I was like, why don't they have retreats for teachers? You know, I kind of got to think about that Maybe for a they minute. should. Maybe they should. Like, somebody should go into that, but I don't yeah, know. I highly recommend it. And I would. We can, we can get into this in a minute. I, I, I want to talk about more than just the fishing that I got to do out there. Because it, sure. it was a pretty special event. For sure. But let's, let's start with the fishing because... Uh, you know, first of all, let's go through before we even get to the fishing. Smooth sailing on the airports and airplanes and fly yeah, rods man, through. Dude, fly rod. Okay, so uh, yeah. flying into Denver. Denver. They know what fly rods are. There. They're ready for them. Like they, when I flew into the Denver airport, or I guess especially flying out of the Denver airport, like through TSA and everything, the guy immediately asked me, like, "Hey, how many fish did you catch?" Like they knew exactly what my fly rods were. So, so a lot different than unlike when we flew Asheville, Salt Lake. Who, well, unlike Asheville, we, yeah, thought we, Asheville had we thought we had pool, pool cues sticks, when we yeah. flew there. Um, and they, the guy, the guy in Charlotte, knew what they were too. He was like, "Oh man, you going fishing?" So I was like, "Yeah." So that's so impressive. We're going to have to get some longer headphone cords here. I just don't like this setup of me trying Sorry, to get comfortable man. on the couch. It's not your fault. I bought the headphone cords. Uh, so you got there, no problem. Everything was smooth sailing. Yeah, great trip. And, Easy uh, flights. You, you didn't get to fish for day one, correct? I mean, this Yeah, that's right. Mon- we flew in on Monday. fishing trip, right? I mean, What's that now? It was not. No, the, the a, point of this trip was not a fishing trip. So I'm but of course, I said yes to it because I knew there were going to be opportunities to fish. Yeah, for sure. So... Second day, you got to do some fishing. Yeah, Monday was just a day of, uh, we got to kind of hang out in Denver. Went to this awesome restaurant in Denver and had a great time just meeting the guys that were that were out there with us on the trip. And then Tuesday, uh, we spent some time together that morning and uh, had a little session together. And then after that session, we had plans for that afternoon, but we just had some free time during the morning. And so they were like, yeah, go explore the property. We were on a 100-acre property, 9,500 feet up. Just a walk? Yeah, from from the from the house to the river, um, not a long walk, but uh, it was just beautiful, man. It, it's a unbelievable. It's so different than here. Yeah, the Rockies like, are incredibly different type of fishing did and the, exploring. It, uh, it was unbelievable. Could you feel the altitude difference when walking? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, the altitude was a big challenge in a lot of ways. You know, I ran out of breath a lot quicker hiking to and from the river. Like again, really short walk, but. It was so funny. The hike down to the river, everybody's talking, everybody's cutting up. You know, I was with a couple other guys. We're laughing. We're, we're talking about things. People are asking questions about fishing, and we're, we're having a lot of fun together. And it's so funny. On the <laughs> on the way back from the river up to the house, me and a, a guy that I met out there were talking, and we were actually talking about, like, some serious stuff, and he was telling me about something uh, he'd been kind of going through. And uh, then all of a sudden, we both just stopped talking because we realized we couldn't breathe. <laughs> Like we were just literally walking up this hill and, you know, like sucking it in. And, um, fortunately he had some of those little like boost oxygen things, which I didn't think they would work, but they, they came in really good handy. So yeah. I don't even know what that is, but that sounds really good. Yeah. I mean, it's just this little, you know, like spray can, you spray oxygen in your mouth and apparently it helps you. And it did. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. It, uh, it was a good boost that I definitely needed. And so, yeah, dealing with altitude was really interesting, but, um, man, it, again, I, I still am not over how beautiful it was. All right, a couple of things i got to cool follow up on. Number yeah. one, so this first fishing day, yeah, you uh, are going with 
you said a couple dudes walked down with you, right? Yeah, a few guys went down with us okay. that were into fishing would and wanted you, to figure it out. So, would you consider yourself the uh, the more experienced of the anglers? I was probably I was the most experienced okay, angler, so, there, which made things. So, did you have to do a little? Did you feel a little confident in your skill? Did you feel a little pressure there? To, to wow, land some fish, question. you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I told you I could question. come up with some questions on this yeah, trip. I probably so. did. I did feel well because okay. First of all, I had talked to everybody about the podcast. No, would you bit. fish? Okay, that, that's a so good people, point. Let's so go people there. knew who I was. Uh, I had met some of these guys through like a Zoom call before I went out there, and I'd already asked, and and then through our text thread, you know, I was the one asking the questions about fishing a lot, and so I think people knew that this is kind of my thing. Um, you know, we had talked the night before about, you know, why you came on this trip. And I, and I told him like one of the main reasons I came was because I was going to get to fly fish in Colorado. And so, yeah, I think they knew that I was kind of big into it. And also they saw like, I, I brought a bunch of gear. Um, and I think they saw that. So, so yeah, I did feel pressured. I did too, though. I wanted to try to get some of the other guys on fish because oh, I love doing that. For sure. We, we but, enjoy that. But, but at the same time, like, I wanted to get them on fish, but I was in Colorado for the yeah. first time. I wanted to catch some fish. You, you want to make so. sure that you, you want to make sure that you get that fish, man. Cause I, I mean, I've, I've felt the same way when you fish with people, when you fish with people for the first time, you don't even really know these people, right? Yeah. But, other than text threads and some zooms and stuff. And when you, you kind of have that added, do I want to know, do I want to look like I know what I'm doing? Which comes back to our latest, our most recent episode with Mr. Rosenbauer, who, who says, you know, even he gets skunked sometimes. So it's not that bad, but let's move on. You went down and did you dry dropper? It was a smaller stream, correct? Yeah. So it's a small stream, real similar to, like in size to the streams that we fish in one the big Mountains National me. Park, you know, as far as size goes, like the width of the river probably, you know, at its widest, 15 to 20 feet across. Um, I mean, but a lot of sections you can almost leap across it. And, uh, but just so different because out there, you know, here when we're fishing small streams, we're hiking up and we're hopping over boulders and over waterfalls and fishing plunge pools the whole time. I feel like out there, there were no trees. That, that was fun. It was wild. Like, I've never been able to backcast fishing a stream that small, and I was able to out there. There were no trees. And, you know, we we're extremely high elevation, but, like, the valley that we're fishing in is flat. Gotcha. So I never am hiking up or climbing over boulders. I, most of the time I spent on the bank. I mean, I was standing on the bank most of the time casting these fish, but man, you talk about, we think, I thought our fish here in the park were spooky. These fish were incredibly spooky. Was it super uh, low water like it is here right now too? Um, Have they had rain? It didn't seem to be extremely low water out there, you know, but. Very clear. The water was extremely clear. And I think those fish, just because they don't have any cover above them. Uh, they're extremely point. spooky. I mean, they're they're extremely alert to predators. They're extremely alert to birds and things. It's up a good there. way to look because there's it. not, you know, there's no tree cover for them, so they're constantly looking up to avoid predators. I feel like, and so those fish, I probably spooked, I probably spooked fifty fish in that first but thirty minutes to an hour on that first day. You had some success, correct? Yeah, I did. And crazy enough, you know, I thought I was going to be nymphing to try to catch these fish, and uh, I threw on a, a chubby Chernobyl and cast it into this bend in the creek. And next thing I know, this beautiful wild brown trout just come up and exploded on this chubby. And it was wild because 
the fish out there, you know, a lot of times where we fish, we're kind of fishing the seams in the middle of the river. These fish are hiding on the bank. Like, it's just wild. Like, Maybe that's their cover. Near the grass. Yeah, I mean, because the grass is high, they're probably, and, and I think we kind of dialed it in, and I, I didn't expect this. But, you know, that chubby kind of imitates like a hopper. Falling and I think they were they were hitting some of those bugs falling off those. Off the bank. That grass. So, man, it just, I mean, when I, it's funny, when I caught that first fish, I did, I like, I, I hooped really loud. Like, I kind of screamed a little bit because I was so pumped. And the guys that I was fishing with had gotten pretty good distance away from me. They had kind of gone downstream and I was fishing upstream. And uh, they told me later, they're like, yeah, man, we heard you when you caught your first one. Because I was, I was super excited to so, catch my first ever Colorado, Colorado brown trout. Brown trout by yourself on a stream, middle of nowhere. Yeah, with a dry fly, and uh, the rest of fly, the rest of the fish you caught that day were were dries, correct? Yeah, everything I caught out there was on a dry fly. Um, I think I I lost that was the only chubby I had, and I lost it in a bush or something, and so I switched to like a really big stimulator that I think kind of also imitated uh, some of those like hoppers and and big bugs, and that was what they were after. I caught one of the most beautiful wild rainbows I've ever caught out there. Um, and I, I felt awful when I did it because a friend of mine who I was trying to get on fish, a guy I'd met out there, um, kind of the guy who brought me on the trip because <laughs> he knows I, I like to fish. He was fishing down, and I and I kind of I, I felt bad. I high-hauled him. And so I got up above him about 500 yards and pulled this beautiful rainbow trout out um, of this stream that was just – gorgeous we maybe we can post a picture on the instagram this week with it but um it's just a cool spot man and, and i was just fishing a way that i'd never fished before i mean i, I was literally making very long yeah cast and and almost kind of sight fishing when you I, mean, say, I was looking for fish were the fish rising, rising? oh yeah but you would see kind of but they weren't and it was different too you know that when we catch fish on the dry fly out here they kind of come up and explode sips these were sip. all sips. Yeah. I mean, these were just, and these were big fish coming up and just. When you say a far cast, 30 feet? Yeah, 30, 40 feet probably. It's pretty good um, cast. And and I realized the lower, the smaller the tippet, the, the better. I okay. felt like they were just really leader shy. Sweet. Um, so. Yeah, man, it, it was cool. great. first it was, day. It was unbelievable. Multiple fish day. Did did your buddies catch a fish day? Oh, man. I'll probably have to send him this podcast. We, we had an awful just joke with him all week because we, we just couldn't get him out on fish it was terrible we try i tried everything did he miss some fish um i don't know i feel like he may i know he said he got a couple of hits and uh golly i missed a ton of fish i mean it's just different it was a different experience than anything i was used to before so after day one you you felt some success right? um i was stoked yeah i mean yeah. i was thrilled we went back that night and uh hung out and did a lot of fun stuff together um you know Ended up going to a cigar bar that evening and hanging out. And I, I was on cloud nine, man. Like, I was just living my best life. I had caught wild fish on dry flies in Colorado. On your flies? Yeah, on all on flies that I had tied, which made it even more special. Um, it was it was a really neat experience. And then being able to be out there and just experience that place, man. I mean, I love where I live here, and it's beautiful. It's just different. But it's different. It's a different beauty. It is, and uh, kind of just shows you all of the, the amazing creation of, uh, even our little neck of the United States. Yeah, for sure. So, um, do you want to finish the fishing story, and then we'll take a break and come back? So, you want to go to day two, and then uh, let's take, take a break, and then go to day two. Take a break. Take good. a break. Okay. Yeah, so we're, we'll take a short break, and then uh, we'll be right back with more of the Colorado fishing experience. Colorado fishing adventure. We'll be right back.
Dads on the Fly is brought to you by Maggie Valley Fly Shop. Located in the heart of Maggie Valley, the shop offers guide trips and top-of-the-line gear and apparel for all your fly fishing needs. Yeah, Shannon and his crew over at the Maggie Valley Fly Shop just opened this October. They're already making a great impact here in western North Carolina. So if you're taking a trip to the Great Smoky Mountains or anywhere in western North Carolina, make sure to give them a shout for a guided trip or go see them for any of your fly fishing needs. You can also check them out online at maggievalleyflyshop.com. All right, we're back with... Uh dad's on the fly here episode 60 and uh you know we said when we started this podcast caleb that it would we started it just for mainly our adventures right and uh we said we'd just share our adventures with people and it turned into you know meeting a lot of cool people so we do a lot of interview episodes but tonight it was a just you and i episode and it has turned into what's really cool because i haven't really gotten to talk to you since you got back from colorado we've been busy and you've been busy doing things and your job and my job and so this is kind of like my recap of exploring what you actually got to do out there. Um, and the jealousy has just grown a little bit since the uh, episode started. Um, I was, maybe we hey should man, let's it. go back. Yeah, yeah, let's just, let's go. As long as this guy, if you can find us a place to stay, I like it. So anyway, maybe. here we go. So day two, you got to fish a, uh, I've not read a lot about this river. I've heard a couple podcast episodes on it, but it's a pretty popular river in. Yeah, it's pretty famous out there in, in Colorado. Colorado. It's the, uh, the South Platte. Um, and it's uh, it was about an hour from where we were staying. And so we rode in that day, uh, and all the guys went fishing that – or most of the guys that I was with went fishing that day. So all 12 so, of us went down there. So the first day was pressure. Now it's real pressure. Well uh, – no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Now, the pressure was kind of off at this point. Okay, gotcha. Because I felt like, okay, I've done this on my own. And uh, we went and met up with a guy down there uh, by the name of Joe Gersey. And I'm really hoping to have Joe – on the podcast after the first of the year, he and I talked back and forth a little bit and he said that he would definitely be interested and love to do it. So I'm hoping after the first of the year, we get to have Joe back on or excuse me, have Joe on with us because you talk about a cool guy. Joe has been, uh, he's just lived a really cool life and, um, he's done some really neat things, but for the last, uh, several years, he's been working with, uh, John Eldridge and the wild at heart boot camp guys and, uh, they do these wild at heart trips, if you're familiar with that, up in the mountains of Colorado, and he teaches the guys fly fishing. And so he's using fly fishing now as a means to support pastors and, and people who are fighting burnout and people who are going through difficult situations and really use it as a means to to teach teach guys how to rest and teach guys how to reconnect and teach guys how to uh, – just enjoy the beauty of the places around them. So Joe, so he would was be a cool dude. More of a would we call him a professional fly angler or just a um I don't know if he would call himself that or not. He he's technically not a guide, but he teaches fly fishing and he's been doing it for over 30 years. Um I don't want to take his thunder, but he said this out there and I loved it. He's he said I, he said I'm married but I have a mistress and my mistress has more curves than my wife does and he was talking about the river. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I love that. And so if you talk to Joe, man, you're going to love Joe. Um but he uh took us out to the South Platte that day, um showed us a little bit about the river, told us a little bit about where to go. Um we we found this spot kind of on this bend in the river that had a big you know everything's out there like this open field around it so the bend so we're in this open field and 
they they set up chairs out there and we bring lunch out with us and coolers and stuff make sandwiches and everything and joe's kind of hanging out and he asked you know is there any guys here that are experienced and i was like i am and he's like okay well i want you and anybody else that wants to go with you to go down this way and he sent us uh down river a good bit from where everybody else was kind of like out. nobody else teaching. out there right just you guys no, we saw other people. This river's pretty popular, okay, and there's like a couple campgrounds around gotcha. it and stuff. Okay, so, okay. Um, we saw people driving out to the river and kind of around it, but no, nobody else really. I, I did see one other guy fly fishing uh, further down river from us where we started. So, but it, it's crazy, man. Listen to the listen to the old timers when they tell you where to go, because Joe's like, "All right, man, I want you and the guy that's going with you to go down," and he shows us a little bit further down the bend in the river. And he says, you're going to kind of go around this bend, and all of a sudden you're going to see this sandbar on the side of the river. And he says, if you go to the end of that sandbar, that's where the fish are at. And, man, so I, I fished my way down there. I fished downstream, which is a little weird. But um, I fished downstream all the way till I got to this spot and never even a rise. Um, the guy I was with, uh, the guy I was with, he connected on a fish. And I was so pumped because I thought he was going to finally get in. But, you know, he he did the long distance release and he didn't have a net with him. So that makes it hard sometimes. Um, so he released the fish about 10 feet away from him, but, um, we kept walking down and then got to that sandbar and hold up. And within the next 45 minutes, I caught five fish out of this one hole five fish over and over again, all on a dry fly, all on a dry fly, sipping, dry all fly. sipping the never sink caddis, man. And, uh, we haven't talked about this, but the South Platte, it's a little larger stream than the first day. Yeah, a good bit larger. Um, it's about like uh, I would say it's quite as wide as like the Tuckaseegee around here. Okay, so um, it's as wide as like the West Fork what, that we fish a lot of. What size fish are we talking about? Uh, similar to the size we see here. Okay. Um, you know, I think the biggest one I caught that day was like fifteen inches. That's a, that's a good um, fish, but on dry, decent man. size. Yeah, decent size fish on dry flies. Uh, you know, average was probably about ten, fight eight to ten good. inches. Oh, golly, man, huge fight! And then just again catching them all on dries was just super special it was really neat and this was also the day um that you added a species yeah it was really cool so i I fished i'd been catching nothing but brown trout in this river and joe told us you know hey you're probably the majority of what you're gonna catch is is brown trout um joe another really cool thing about joe and i want to steal his thunder because he he's awesome dude and, and i really hope he comes and we get to interview him for this pod but he is like in Wyoming, he's considered an expert Wyoming fly fisher because he has caught every species of cutthroat in the state of Wyoming. There's four types of cutthroat in the state of Wyoming, and he has caught every single one within like a certain period. Um, so the guy is, is a very well, it's very knowledgeable angler. He knows a lot about species of fish. Um, so he told us, you know, you're mostly going to be catching browns, but. One of the last, or actually the last fish I caught that day, um, you know, I took a picture of every single fish that I caught just because, one, we were kind of having a little friendly competition of who can catch the most fish, and then also who would catch the first fish of the day. So we were having a little friendly competition. So I didn't take a picture of every fish that I caught. But the last fish I caught, I took the picture of it. It was it was a it was a fairly small fish, but I was like, man, this this looks this looks different, and uh, so released it and uh it's about that time to go back and get a sandwich so walk back to the sandwich walk back to where everybody was at they're all fishing everybody's having a great time but i just kind of sat down and talked to joe i was like joe i think i caught a cutthroat and he's like i don't think so man you might have caught like a cut bow or a, or a or some kind of hybrid species but you're not there he said i've been fishing this river for over 30 years i've never caught a cutthroat in this river 
I was like, really? It's interesting. So I got the camera out and I showed him the picture and I said, I, but I, I said, will you take a look at this? Cause I know you understand them and I know you know them. Can you tell me a little bit more about what this is? And he grabbed my phone and he looked at it. And he went, man, I've been fishing in this river for over 30 years and I've never seen one of these. You caught yourself a Colorado cutthroat. A Colorado cutthroat. A Colorado cutthroat, man. So that was, that was special. It was pretty really cool, cool. On yeah, your fly. On, on one of my flies. On yeah. Caleb's fly. Colorado super, fly. super neat moment. Um, so you added a state and a species. Added a state and a species. Yeah, it was really neat. And so the whole experience, um, even though it wasn't all about fishing, uh, for you it had a, a good bit to do about fishing, and it was a good time for you to kind of be away and uh, and recharge and just uh, rest a little bit and still fish. And and so just uh, what did the whole thing kind of uh, just mean for you to just be able to be away? It was just really special to be um able to do this trip the 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 name of this trip uh the group that kind of puts this together is called replenish and replenish is a uh organization is started by a guy named rod jones rod was out there with us and rod just had some kind of friends together they were reading the statistics about pastors and how that most pastors were burning out uh the the rate at which pastors were quitting is just skyrocketing and and they got frustrated with it and wanted to do something about it and so he started this organization called replenish and they uh put experiences together for pastors to to help try to prevent them from burnout so you know we spent some time together uh we did more than just fish while we were out there and had a good time we had a lot of fun and got to do some really great fishing and see some really great things but we spent some really good time and some deep conversations about things that really mattered and uh tried to take time for for our souls um and when we talked about uh a lot of great stuff that that really influenced and affected me while i was out there part of the experience is just taking time to allow your soul to rest and uh i didn't realize that i hadn't been doing the best job at that lately um you know really being intentional about uh you know like taking a sabbath taking time off um, working from that place instead of just, you know, going full bore all the time and then, and then not taking the time I need to for, for my family, for, for my own spirit to be able to, to last in the long run. And, uh, it was really wild. So the day we went and fished with Joe, uh, I think God had just been doing some stuff in my heart and in my mind and, and in my spirit and the time that I was out there. Um, just through some of the conversations I had, but then right after, you know, we'd met Joe and Joe was about to take us on the river. He was telling us all these things about it, but he said, guys, before we walk into this river, we're going to do something right now. We're just going to recenter. Like, okay. Well, I don't know what that means, but it sounds a little weird for me, but all right. He said, no, we're going to recenter right now. So he said, guys, just, just everybody, you know, bow your heads and, and we're going to pray. And he said, uh, he said this prayer and he gets this from John Eldridge's pause app, um, John Eldridge has got an awesome book about all this. And he just prayed and he said, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I give everyone and everything to you, God. I give myself to you, Jesus, for union with you because I am created for union with you, God. I give everything in me for union with you. I need more of you, God. Fill me with more of you. And that was our prayer. He said, amen, and we went and walked in the river. And I don't know what it was about that moment. I don't know what it was about that experience, but I was just so geeked up and ready to go fish and, and ready to move on to the next thing 
that just taking that time to recenter and to pause and to really think about that just revealed some stuff in me that, you know, I there are some things that I am not completely giving over to God. There are some things in my life that that I'm holding on to, that I am really moving so fast to the next thing that I'm not pausing and really giving my t- time and my, my soul opportunity to recenter. And uh, so that experience was just really special for me. For me, And uh, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about just where where I want to be more intentional about some things in my life for the future. You know, I went out on this trip not really knowing what to expect. I went out not really knowing, you know, I mean, I was going to go fish. Um, I knew there's some things in my life that I wanted to do differently, but uh, this this trip actually gave me the space to actually pause and think about some of those things so that hopefully now I can make some rhythms in my life that allow me to be more intentional. I think that's awesome, man. I'm so glad you got to go. Um, even though I was pretty jealous, I'm still glad you got to do it. And um, <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, I'm hoping to get to do it again. Um, I'm hoping to make it possibly an annual thing uh, t- to go out there. And uh, hopefully, you know, as I continue to learn some of these things and realize the importance of rest and, and being able to be replenished, also be able to pour into some other guys who are going to be able to do it as well. So I think that's one thing that we need to um, say is really kind of just our, our kind of dad tip of the week, really our everybody tip of the week, is just, you know, you do have to find that time to just kind of relax um, and, and, and sit and, and be still. And, uh, you know, I, and what better place to do it than outside and beautiful yeah, creation. It's really crazy. Friday night, um, just going to throw this in there and then we got two other things we're going to talk about, but yeah, I love it. I saw what you did Friday night. So, tell her about my, it. my son had a birthday party to go to. And so me and my daughter did a diet. And we, you know, somebody had talked about this in our episodes. Uh, I think it was Ryan from, uh, from risen fly, like giving your kid just individual attention. So I was like, Corbin, let's just go, uh, just go up on the parkway and uh she was like okay and when we got home she was kind of upset because she didn't get to go to the party but but then she just said i promise you're gonna have fun and so we went up on the parkway man and we, we were gonna fish for a little bit but and she kind of casted for like 10 minutes and i said it doesn't matter what she says today like if she says i'm done we left she said daddy i'm tired so we were literally on the river maybe 15 minutes i didn't even put on waders i just wore tennis shoes and she said i want to go to watch the sunset and i was like okay we're gonna be really early <laughs> Like, cause we knew the hike was really short and I was like, we're going to be really early. She's like, Oh, I don't want to go. So we, we packed two peanut butter sandwiches, two Sprites and a bag of chips. Love it. And, uh, and we got to a spot up on the parkway and we got there an hour before sunset. And this is on the, on a cliff, like an overlook. So it's not like nowhere for her to run around and. Oh no, no, but don't worry. There was like this little rock kind of wall in the middle. So she climbed that like a hundred times and jumped down and. And we literally just sat there for an hour and a half um, without really doing anything, just sitting there together. And it kind of like what you were just saying. It was so peaceful. We were the only people up there. It was a couple of other uh, people would come up to watch the sunset at the end of it. But, man, we just sat there. And intentional time where there was no distraction was really cool for me to just be with my daughter um, get some really cool pictures of the sunset, but just to be together and, and, you know, just talk and communicate. And I think that's what you were able to do in Colorado, just to be, you were able to rest and 
and talk to those guys who are in a similar situation, like similar situations as you, like as as pastors, they kind of share same experiences, if that makes yeah. sense. And um, and so what a cool thing that that you got to do that. Super stoked for you, and happy that it worked out as well as you did, and that you got to catch some fish along the way. So that was kind of a cool, yeah, it was a, cool it was a little very icing special, on the cake. Yeah, it was very special, man. Really great. So that's it for uh, sort of our advice this week, I guess, or our challenge, just to. Find some time to rest, and maybe we'll throw that in on a dad challenge episode later on in the week or something like that. But uh, uh, anything else about about the trip before we kind of move on and that was call it, this man. episode sixty at conclusion? I'm so grateful for the guys who put this trip together. Uh, grateful to to Rod and Mundy and Matt, the guys who kind of helped make the trip happen while I was out there, and Chad, the guy who invited me to go along, and then all the guys that I met out there, and being able to hear their stories and learn more about them and just just to connect and and really be intentional in our time out there together it was a very special experience and so i'm grateful for every relationship and um all the guys that i met and you know i'm hoping some of them are or we're going to be able to get on the river again one day so uh super great they know where to find us now right that's right there you go okay so before we close this episode guys we got a couple of cool announcements that we wanted to uh clue you in on um first of all just fall fishing in the mountains is these next i mean if the, it's gonna get cold tuesday so the leaves may go but the last two weeks have been beautiful but it's gorgeous but there's just no water the, the water's really bad there we just don't have any rain and it's really low and so it is struggle even in the typical dh waters have been um much more difficult than than usual so if you're in the area if you're around if you're coming just know that uh the water's low they're not stream flows are, are down it's hard to even float rivers right now um you know we were pumped about doing that in the fall and we haven't got some some water flow so just keep all that in mind if you're coming but it is a beautiful time to be outside and it is the weather has just been amazing sunshine and even today was yeah, we're not hitting a, peak just leaf just season peak this time colors, of year, so, so be prepared for traffic too for that but anyway side note <laughs> it's kind of crazy through even canton recently yeah, um, all the interstate traffic's just coming yeah. through town it feels like but we want to close with just a, a cool thing that we're going to get to do in a couple weeks. I think this episode will drop right in the middle of October. And uh, first Saturday in November, November the 5th, we are just – I'm just super excited about this. Yeah, month. this is like, going to be a cool experience. Uh, we've never done anything like no, this before, just, and so we're excited to make it happen for the first time. It's kind of like starting the pod. I hope more than two <laughs> people show up. But yeah, anyway. it'll be great. So a buddy contacted me from Orvis of Greenville, so the Greenville store, um, and they asked us to come – do a little presentation and then a Q&A with dads and, and on how to fish with your kids. Yeah, so it's going to be really neat. Um, again, we talk about it all the time. We're on the fly and figuring it out as we go along, but I'm hoping we can share some advice, some insight, and just really some encouragement for dads who are trying to be intentional about spending time with their kids. So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to be in Orvis we're going to be Greenville Orvis on Greenville, November the— Which is at 1 North Main Street, Suite 0. Sweet zero, yeah, sweet. That's right. No, sweet O, not sweet zero. Sweet okay, o, sweet like O. The letter I don't o, know. Maybe. I don't look at it. Yeah, yeah. Orvis Greenville. Anyway, and, just Google Orvis, Orvis Greenville. Greenville. You can and find it. We will be there from <laughs> eleven a.m. to noon on November the fifth. Fifth. Yeah, November that's on the Saturday, 5th. November the fifth. Yeah. So, so if you're in the upstate of South Carolina, or maybe even um, you know Western North Carolina, and want to swing down to a cool event, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited about that, and getting excited to hang out at that shop down there. I know those guys do a great job. So. Looking forward to it, man. Yeah, so make sure if you're around to come check us out. And uh, also, keep messages. Got some. Uh, got a great email today from a guy 
who was interested in what waders I got my kid and just some advice on how to, to fish with his kid and he's getting into it. So, guys, that's what we're about and that's what we want to keep doing. Yeah, nothing thrills us more than than hearing from people that are trying to be like what we're doing and being intentional with their kids and getting them on the water. So we love doing that. And so, yeah, thanks for all the feedback and all the insight. Anything before we wrap this up, my man? No, man, great stories. I'm so glad you got to go to Colorado. Awesome trip. And uh, we are excited to do some fishing the first of November, the two of us, we haven't got to do that lately, and uh, we got a couple things planned. So, um, guys, we got some cool episodes coming up. A, a really cool fly tire uh, that I'm excited about, and uh, and also a cool um, shop out in Colorado that I don't want to uh, throw out too too many names yet. But um, thank you guys for listening to Dads on the Fly tonight, and uh, remember to rate and review. And the best thing the way to to get our podcast into more people's. Um, ears is just to tell them that you enjoy listening to it and uh, find an episode you like and say hey check this one out uh, so thank you guys for that Caleb thanks for sharing your trip with us tonight man and uh, till next time tight lines thank you for listening to this episode of the dads on the fly podcast we hope this episode has inspired and encouraged you as a parent or an angler as we wade through faith family and fishing all on the fly make sure to check us out at dadsonthefly.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dads on the Fly. Shoot us a message as we always love hearing from you all. If you'd like to check out any Dads on the Fly merchandise, you can find it there as well. And as always, if you can, leave us a rating or review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time, tight lines.